Welcome to Season 4 of Homeschool Talk with HCS. That's Heritage Christian School in San Diego, a private Christian home education umbrella program, or PSP, serving homeschooling families nationwide since 1988. I am the show producer, Lilia Sepulveda. Now, please welcome your host in the 30th year of her homeschooling journey, HCS Principal Vicki Sturmowen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a new season of Homeschool Talk with HCS. I hope everyone is off to a strong start to your second semester of the school year. You are halfway done, so if you haven't yet, take a minute to celebrate in your home in some way. That's definitely a moment worth acknowledging and enjoying. Well, for whatever reason, I have had several conversations of late with members as well as um, people outside of our school about junior high. So in today's episode, I want to talk about those junior high years, that seventh and eighth grades, and how we as homeschoolers should view those years and how we can maximize and utilize them to set up our kids for a successful transition into the high school years. The junior high years are very pivotal years in the life of your child in a lot of different ways, physically, emotionally, and certainly academically. Physically, of course, this is an age of drastic change, and with those changes comes a corresponding roller coaster ride emotionally. Adding to that, dealing with peer involvement often becomes a major issue at this age. Your goal is to find a godly quality peer group Engage how much outside peer activity is too much by simply observing your child's behavior and, importantly, attitude. These years are when we start to gradually give our students more responsibility and more liberty, pulling back if you see they're in over their heads. It's important to remember that not everyone matures at the same pace. Some may be ready for more liberty way before others are. Watch and know your kid. Openly discuss with them. Um, what they're going through, and why you're making the choices you do. Sometimes they won't even be able to articulate why they're feeling different or emotional or angry. They are slowly morphing into this teenaged person when for you it feels like just a few seconds ago you were changing their diapers. It's a wonderfully emotional and exciting time to be sure. And while there's a lot to say about the physical and emotional changes in those years. Today, I want to focus on the academic aspect of the junior high years, which I refer to as the little two-year gift we've been given as homeschoolers to accomplish two things, solidify and prepare. Academically speaking, there's a two-tiered purpose to junior high, looking back and looking forward. So let's take a look at both of those. Number one, let's start by looking back. The questions to ask yourself here are, where are the holes? What are the weak areas? Where does your student struggle the most academically? You want to set them up for success in high school. Use the junior high years to plug any of those holes to enable them to be confident and ready for the high school years. As an English teacher, one of the common holes I see in my high school literature classes is basic grammar. If this is a weak area, hit it hard in junior high. Find a supplemental resource that just focuses on grammar. I'm not necessarily talking about diagramming sentences here, though that could certainly be part of whatever program you use, 
but I'm talking about basic punctuation rules, especially commas, which is probably the most abused and misunderstood punctuation mark out there. Also things like basic sentence structures, simple, compound, complex, compound, complex, how to write them and how to punctuate them. Writing quality sentences that are not run-on sentences that don't have comma splices or writing complete sentences that are not fragments. Things like subject-verb agreement, understanding tenses. They should be able to write in exclusively and intentionally past tense or exclusively and intentionally present tense without mixing those tenses. Understanding possessive nouns, both singular and plural, and how to punctuate them. Being able to identify words according to their part of speech. Being able to identify clauses and phrases. Knowing lists of prepositions and all three categories of conjunctions, coordinating, correlative, and subordinating. These are just some of the basic things students should know and be familiar with before entering a high school level writing class. Curricula such as Easy Grammar, Daily Grams, Shirley English, Grammar for Middle School, English Grammar Skills. There are just so many resources that out there to name. Ask around and see what other people are using or just go to Rainbow Resource Center's website and type in grammar in the search bar and you'll get a lot of different ideas. But if this is a weak area, you're looking for something that is just focusing on grammar, or at least that's the main emphasis of the resource. Often you're going to find that grammar is paired with writing in different curricula out there. And while there's nothing wrong with that, if grammar is a weak area, I would narrow your focus on that first. You cannot write well if you don't understand basic grammar. Take some time if needed to master that. And then of course math. Math is a big one. Make sure your student has strong computation skills in addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division with whole numbers, fractions, decimals, and percents. Make sure they can solve story problems. Make sure they can convert numbers into fractions, decimals, and percents. Make sure they have the basic units of measurement down. Where are the weaknesses in those things? Find a supplemental resource or two that really drills those things. They need a solid foundation in basic math to be able to be successful in the higher maths. Workbooks and supplements abound in this category, both on paper and via apps. Hone in on where the weaknesses are and keep working on those until you see improvement and mastery. Reading comprehension is another big one. If your student is not currently reading up to grade level, focus the junior high years to get them there. Again, there's a lot of resources out there to help with this. While many reading comprehension helps end at grade six, like the Evan Moore series, some like the Jane Irvin series and the Steck Vaughn Core series, those go through the junior high grades. But remember, if they're not at grade level yet, you're probably going to want to start at about fifth or sixth grade anyway, just for your starting point. But like any skill, daily practice will go a long way in bringing up the reading comprehension level. But with that also goes a good grade level vocabulary. Many times comprehension is low because the student's vocabulary is low. Get some supplemental vocabulary books going if that's the case and work on raising their vocabulary level. There are apps out there for things like that. And if that would be more motivating for your student and you allow that kind of screen time, you could do it that way. If not, stick to the many resources available out there via workbooks. But either way, now is the time to concentrate on things like that. So those are kind of the big three that typically end up being an area that needs some work, which, as you can see, basically comes down to the famous three R's, 
reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yes, you can certainly delve into the various facets of writing and essay structure and types of essays, but again, if they're weak on grammar, I would really limit my focus to that. Structure is so much easier to teach to a student who understands the basics of grammar and sentence construction. Make sure that's solid before working on essays and research papers. So that's kind of the looking back um, category of junior high. Now let's look at the looking ahead, which is kind of the prepare, preparing section of junior high, which is your second focus. Looking ahead to high school, what skills or what things should you be teaching your junior high student to set him up for high school success? Number one, study skills. Some kids just naturally have great study skills and have already figured out by junior high how they learn and how they study best. And they're already implementing those things into how they approach school. And then there's everybody else. Sometimes those skills need to be taught as they are not natural or intuitive for everyone. So what do I mean when I say study skills? I mean things like note-taking skills. This includes the basics of note-taking shortcuts, including symbols and abbreviations. It includes concept maps and diagrams. It includes weekly practice of listening to or watching a lecture and then practice note-taking and then being able to stand up and represent that lecture based on the notes they've taken. By the way, you don't even really have to go out of your way to find ways to do this. Have them take notes on the sermon every week and then represent the main ideas and the application of the sermon to their family at home. Have them listen to other sermons online or a lecture series or a podcast that you kind of really want them to hear anyways, but you disguise it as a note-taking opportunity. In addition to taking notes, test-taking skills is a great thing to cover in junior high. I am always surprised by some of my high school students who still skip multiple choice and or true-false questions. There's a whole skill out there that teaches how to approach tests what to skip and what never to skip, and how to make the best educated guess if it comes down to it, and keywords to look for to help narrow your choices. There are strategies out there to teach students how to spot all the hidden questions within a question and how to make sure they are answering all aspects of the question for full credit. Again, some of these things come naturally for some students, but if that isn't the case with your student, you've got to teach them these things. Textbook reading strategies is another great study skill to expose your student to. There's the SQ3R approach, the PR2 method, the S-RUN system. There's graphic organizers for the visual learners. There's tips and tricks for how to get the most out of textbook reading. Expose your students to these things to help them maximize their learning that will inevitably at some point include textbooks. Another good study skill to expose students to is memorization tricks acronyms, acrostics, rhymes, songs, jingles. First, make sure students understand how memory works and the different levels or categories of memory, and then some best practices for how to approach memorizing something. Have them delve into the various mnemonics. Have students work with different approaches to memorizing things, whether it's visual, auditory, or writing, and then discover which way works best for them. Give them lists of things that they should know anyway, like maybe some of those grammar lists I mentioned earlier, and then have them come up with some mnemonics to memorize them. So those are my top four when it comes to study skills. That's note-taking, test-taking, textbook reading strategies, and memorization skills. There's likely more you can add to that, but these skills will come in very handy, not just in their future academic settings, but just in life in general. 
So that's study skills. But another thing to expose your junior high student to um, during this time is time management and the scheduling of their workload. This is huge once they hit high school, and especially if they will be taking any outside classes. Now is the time to start teaching your student how to schedule out what needs to be done. And then the hard part, holding them accountable to that schedule and making sure things are done on time. One of the many blessings of homeschooling is the ability to accommodate our student schedules with all the other things that we have going on in our lives. And that is great and certainly has its place. But you also need to teach your students that sometimes things are just due when they're due and they have to be done by a certain date or time. This is a life skill. They're going to get a job someday and they will have deadlines and they won't be able to call up mom and ask her to extend the deadline because of the family event that took place over the weekend and threw them off schedule. Sometimes you got to stick to the schedule even in the midst of unexpected things that come up in the busyness of life. You are doing your student no favor by not holding them to firm deadlines. Start working on that now. Start slowly. Give them one subject either for the whole year or maybe you start with just a semester that they need to fully schedule on their own. So sit down with them the first time with a calendar. Show them that, that um, with this particular curriculum, a semester is 85 lessons or whatever it is. And then start plopping those lessons down on the calendar, excluding the days that you know you won't be doing any school because of maybe, I don't know, class day or sports or a family event or whatever. But once he has scheduled that semester, hold him to it. The tests will happen on the day he scheduled it. He has to be done with Lesson 64 on the day he scheduled that. Slowly give them more and more subjects to schedule and calendar and then hold them to it. When they get to high school and take an outside class, they're going to need to schedule the work that goes into that class and have the work done as required by that teacher by certain dates. And that is going to be harder for some students than others. And it's going to be really hard for a student that has never had to work with firm deadlines before. Help them learn that skill now. Another thing you may want to focus on if they haven't already by now is keyboarding skills. Um, yes, I'm talking about typing. There will be a lot of writing um, of papers both in high school and beyond. If they're still hunting and pecking on a keyboard, make sure they can type correctly and efficiently before they hit high school. There are lots of free typing programs online you can use. Um, there are several paid programs that come with games and other bells and whistles that kind of make it more fun and engaging. But you can also find um, a class at some of our class days for typing. Critical thinking skills and or logic is yet another great thing to expose your junior high student to. Their brains are finally ready to grasp some of these concepts of that higher level of thinking, and it will serve them well in the years to come. There are several different ways you could go about this. There's traditional logic from Memoria Press. That's a very popular choice among homeschoolers. And that's for if you're looking for an in-depth look at really the science of logic. But there's also things like Critical Thinking Press that has some good books on critical thinking, which is another way to go about that that exposes students to key elements of critical thinking but isn't quite as challenging as something like traditional logic. Books like The Fallacy Detective and The Thinking Toolbox are other ways to go about approaching this topic. They're less intimidating and they help kids learn to read critically and spot fallacies and faulty ways of thinking in the things they're hearing and reading in the world. Don't forget in the midst, though, of all this looking back and looking forward process 
to remember the priority and preeminence of Bible study skills. By the end of eighth grade, your students should have a pretty good grasp on and be able to somewhat articulate what they believe about some basic doctrines and questions of their faith. They should definitely be able to give a basic gospel presentation to someone, but beyond that, they should know and understand some basic themes and doctrines of Scripture. And now is a good time to teach them some Bible study skills. How to study the Bible inductively, for example. How to use the various Bible study tools available, like a concordance, commentaries, Bible dictionaries, and Bible atlases. You want to make sure they know their Bible and know how to find answers to questions that will come up about what they believe. Now's a great time to expose them to those things. So that's a quick summary of what I mean when I talk about the solidify and prepare aspect of junior high. You will hear from families who have been homeschooling for a while that things are so much easier in high school in some ways. And in some cases, mom isn't really even doing much in high school homeschool wise. Well, realize that didn't just happen because the kids suddenly hit ninth grade. If you want your student to be fairly independent in high school, academically speaking, you have to put in the time and teach him the skills he's going to need to achieve that. Junior high is the perfect time to do that. Use those two years to look back and look forward and be intentional about how you spend those two years. Both you and your student will be glad you did when they hit high school. Moving on to the Heritage Happenings portion of the show, now that the first semester is behind us, it is time to enter first semester grades. These grades are entered into your SIS account. You can access SIS from the homepage of the website under the Members Only tab. The magic number for the number of days in attendance is 90. As homeschoolers, it's kind of a strange question because there is never actually a day that you are not homeschooling your children. There is never a day that you are not teaching them or training them or discipling them in some way. And before I launch into a whole rabbit trail on that, which I totally could, just put 90. Grades need to be entered no later than February 8th, and then late fees begin to appear in your account, so be sure and get those done by then. The annual Heritage Conference, aka the AHC, is happening on Saturday, February 24th at Del Cerro Baptist Church. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about this year's lineup of speakers. I have had the privilege of sitting down with a couple of the speakers recently and talking through the content of their sessions, and honestly, you guys are going to be so blessed and encouraged in your calling as homeschoolers and so challenged to look afresh at what you're doing and maybe some new things or ideas you can add. There is so much here for the earliest of homeschoolers to those of us who have been doing this for years and can use a little shot in the arm to keep on going and finishing strong. This event is not limited to HCS families, so tell a friend and enjoy a day of focusing on what it is you do every day and be encouraged by the talks and the fellowship with those on your same path. Both girls softball and beach volleyball are right around the corner, so keep your eyes peeled on the newsletter for upcoming information about both of those. There's a training camp for MIME on the 17th of this month, so be sure to check that out if you're interested in joining the new MIME club. State testing signups are happening right now, and you can find more information about that on HSL. There's a school-wide service project going on this month, making fleece blankets for the San Diego Rescue Mission for the homeless. 
These are very easy, no sew, anyone can do it blankets. The instructions and details may be found in the newsletter for that. Board nominations are also open for the whole month of February. Email your nomination to both the board and myself. Those email addresses may be found in the newsletter or on the website. Of course, there are lots of field trips, socials, and other events on HSL, some with upcoming deadlines, so be sure to stay on top of that. As always, please let us know if you need anything or have any questions. We are here to help you on this wonderful journey that we are all on together. Let us know how we can help you. That's it for this time. Have a wonderful week, everyone.